Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a 1,000 homes per year. On this week's episode, we're taking a listen to Jeff's presentation at the Live Unreal Summit this last March. In it, he discusses the sales and business systems that are working best in this market and what it takes to truly succeed in real estate right now. Now, let's hear from Jeff Glover. So step one in the Glover U sales and business system. If you wouldn't mind turning to a clean sheet of paper and just write at the top Glover U sales and business system and then the number one, I'll share with you step one. And by the way, It is my belief that anyone in this room, whether you focus on buyers, whether you focus on sellers, whether you're leading a team, whether you're a solo agent, whether you're you're on a team, it, it doesn't matter. You can take these 18 steps and you can apply them into your business. In fact, a lot of teams and brokerages around the country for that matter hire us to just teach their salespeople these 18 steps. So it doesn't matter what production level you're at. By the way, these are still, this is still the system of what's known as today as JGA, Jeff Glover and Associates. So I'm not sharing anything that I was like, you know what, that's a good idea. We need to add that. No, this is how we run our business back home. And so I'm just sharing with you how we're running our business. And again, for those of you that, have, that are familiar with the system and have been through it before, it's received an update. It's received a facelift. Why is that? Well, because the same old system is not working anymore. There's a lot of trainers and speakers and so-called coaches out there that have systems or have used systems in the past, and I'm sorry, in 2021, they're just not as effective as they were at that time. That's why I I tell our agents all the time, when is the last time you got a copy of our script book? Oh, Jeff, I've had your scripts for years. I got them all. I got this guy's scripts. I got this gal's scripts. We update those scripts every 18 months. What? Why do you update your scripts every 18 months? Because I'm on the ground with you. The scripts are changing. The the industry is changing. The market is changing. The way we do business is changing. So it's kind of like one of those things. If you're like, hey, Jeff, I've I've been through your SLS program or I've been through your system, uh, I can promise you there's been updates since then even. All right, so let's start with step one. And we're going to get a few of the basic ones out of the way. And then don't worry, we'll get into some of the the more sexy ones, you know, I know everyone wants to talk about lead generation and where your business comes from and marketing ideas and social media strategies. It's all part of the system. And I'll also share with you as we go through the system, things that have been removed because they weren't profitable. I'll never share something with you that's not profitable in our business. I learned, you know, probably five, six years ago when I had those two years in a row where I lost a lot of money because I was testing different marketing strategies. I know what works, I know what doesn't work. I'm only gonna share with you what's profitable. So the first step in the Glover U Sales and Business System, go ahead and write this down, please, is goal setting. Goal setting. Now I know you're probably thinking, oh, goal, what did I sign up for? This is supposed to be like high level conference and meeting and we're gonna talk about goal setting. I know how to set goals. Okay, the good news is I'm gonna get through this portion pretty quickly, but nothing else matters unless we get this portion down. So let me share with you a couple thoughts on goal setting. I wrote down number one, your goals should be incredibly specific and personal to you. Your goals should be incredibly specific and personal to you. Meaning your goal board should not look like everyone else's in the office because everyone else is living different lives. Your goal should be incredibly specific and personal to you. Under the topic of goal setting, 
I also wrote down, your goal should be something you are constantly monitoring and evaluating. Now, you might say, well, yeah, of course, duh, hello. I mean, look at, look at the Huffmans. They weren't doing it, and they were good producers. They weren't monitoring and evaluating things until they got into coaching and somebody says, hey, you need to track this stuff. And they use a good system. We recommend the CSU program. In fact, all of our coaching clients, they don't know this yet, but I'm making the announcement now. Surprise, anyone that's in our one-on-one -on -one or elite coaching gets the CSU program for free. That's included in our contract moving forward. So thank you to our four clients. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so that's included. Regardless, whether you're in your programs or not, you got to see them because that's all about tracking. And that, that's going from salesperson to CEO. That's going from salesperson to being a business person right there. I wrote down under a couple thoughts on goal setting. And this is certainly important. And I want you to write this down verbatim, please. Unless you have... Unless you have a burning desire to accomplish your goals. Unless you have a burning desire to accomplish your goals, you'll never have the discipline to do the work. Unless it's a burning desire, you'll never have the discipline to do the work. Early on, I learned I had a mentor for years, Mike Ferry. Some of you may know him. And he always said, how bad do you want it? What price are you willing to pay? How bad do you want it? What price are you willing to pay? A burning desire. I share this example with our clients a lot. And that is, at the end of the year, when you do your goal setting, this is a, this is a great activity. All right, and I'll actually give you an example. I'll show you an example. At the end of the year, when you do your goal setting, okay, I want you to take out... Um, uh, and you can do this, you know, on a uh, you know, clean sheet of paper, a draw line or something like that. When you do your goal setting, I want you to draw a line down the center of a page. So just do this now, so that way you know for next year. Or you can do a half-year goal. Just draw a line down the center of a page or find a clean sheet. I mean, there's plenty of pages in there, so don't, don't worry. You're probably like, oh, we're going to get out of order. Or no, this is part of the goal setting model. I do this every year personally, and I do this with our agents. Agents that are on our team and agents that are in our coaching. And so what I ask you to do is in, let's just say, for instance, it's the beginning of 2021. And I'll say, okay, in 2020, so just write 2020 at the top there. In 2020, what was your average monthly income? In 2020, what was your average monthly income? And let's just say the number for sake of exercise was $5,000. Average monthly income was 5,000, great. And in 2021, what do you want your monthly income to be? And let's just say, for sake of simplicity, I went to community college and never graduated, so you'll notice I'm very simple with things. Can you even graduate from a community college? I don't know. Anyways, there's no graduation ceremonies. I know that. 2021, I want my average monthly income to be $10,000 a month. Okay. Uh, this is GCI. This is just GCI. Yep. Just GCI. 5,000 a month in GCI, 10,000 a month in GCI in 2021. Now, some folks have high GCI and high percentages. So if you are running a business that's a lower profit margin, right? There's some businesses that are 20% profit margin. There's some businesses that are 60 or 70% profit margin. If you'd rather just do this off of net, Ellie, thank you for asking. You could do this off of net because we're actually going to talk a little bit about lifestyle. So if you have a lot of expenses in your business, the answer is it should be your net number. If you don't have a lot of expenses in your business, then GCI is just fine. 
So let's just say I do this every year with our agents, by the way. And this is one of the best goal-setting things you can do to truly find that passion and that burning desire, in addition to the live unreal formula. So then I'll ask agents to do me a solid favor. I'll say, okay, in 2020, on $5,000 a month, what did your life look like? Where did you go? What trips did you take? What kind of debt do you have? What did, you, did you get a new car? Um, what vacations did you go on? What is your uh, monthly expenses, household expenses, uh, payments, uh, college fund? Uh, what, did you, what did you invest in? Basically, I want to know what your life is like at $5,000 a month. I want to know what your lifestyle, what your life, what your expenses are, what your personal life looks like at an income of $5,000 per month. Okay, which obviously works out to 60K a year. Okay, no problem. So by the way, when I'm working with our agents, I'll, I'll push them, I'll challenge them to go deeper. Don't forget about this. Didn't you take a vacation somewhere? Didn't you go to a wedding? Didn't you buy an investment property? What did you do? What did you do with this $5,000 a month? And then I'll say, okay, now you want to make 10,000 a month in 2021. Yep, that's right, Jeff. I want to make 10,000 a month in 2021, which of course, for the sake of this exercise, works out to 120K a year. Great, tell me what's gonna change over here. Tell me what your life is going to look like at the new level. In fact, some of you may remember our business plan for years, we removed it this year because we added the Live Unreal formula. But for years it had, it literally said, life at the new level. What does life look like at the new level? Meaning, trips, what does your debt look like? What cars are you driving, vacations? Uh, what, what are you saving? What are you investing in? What are you putting away? Who are, how much are you donating? How much are you giving? What does your life look like at $10,000 a month versus $5,000 a month? And here's what I know to be 100% fact. If you can't get specific, if you can't get a list going over here, if you don't know what will be different, if you don't know what will change, this ain't going to happen. You're not gonna to get to $10,000 a month in income if you don't know what that's gonna feel like, if you don't know what that's gonna look like, if you don't know what that's gonna provide for you, if you don't know what you're gonna do with the money, you're not gonna put in the extra efforts to go get it. Instead, what you're gonna do is like most real estate agents, you're, you're gonna make just enough to have your bills paid, maybe a trip or two, and a little bit left over. By the way, as human beings, we're naturally programmed to behave that way, to think that way. Survival, right? Have just enough to cover my expenses. Yeah, it'd be great if I can get to that event down in Orlando or up in Traverse City. But yeah, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty good here. Well, then why are you telling me you want $10,000 a month in income? That goes back to the first point. It must be specific to you. Because if you're not clear what it's going to provide you, if you're not clear what your life's going to look like at the new level, it's not going to happen. You're not going to come in earlier. You're not going to stay later. You're not going to follow my recommended schedule. You're not going to complete your business plan. If you do complete a business plan, you're probably not going to look at it again. You're not going to sign up for coaching. You're not going to hire someone to help you. You're not going to do any of that unless you are crystal clear at what life looks like at the new level. So can I get a commitment from you guys moving forward? You're always going to do this activity with yourself and probably your family. I would get your spouse or significant other involved in this. Get your kids involved. What would life look like? Where would we go? Can I get your commitment on that? Say yes. yes. Oh, come on. Say yes. yes. Moving forward, every single December, October, November, whenever you write your business plan, you're doing this activity. Next. 
Seven parts of the Glover U goal setting system. I'll share them with you now. Seven parts of the Glover U goal setting system. Number one, so we're still under goal setting. Number one, identify them. We have to decide the things we want in life, what we want things to look like one year from now, three years from now, five years from now. Identify them. Number two, write them down and share with as many people as possible. We believe that the more people you share your goals with, the greater the chance you'll have of achieving them, period. You won't hold yourself accountable, but other people will. It's amazing how accountability works. We have to have other people to hold us accountable, and the more people you share your goal with, the greater chance it's going to hit. I'll never forget, you may, some of you may have heard me share this story. It was the end of 2007, and I had just sold maybe 42, 43 homes, and it was myself and an ISA. This was before you know, hiring ISAs was a big deal. And, and this particular gentleman, he, his name was Ryan. He was basically our first ISA ever. I didn't even call him an ISA. There was no language for that. It was telemarketer. Ryan and I had a little end-of-the-year meeting, and we talked about what our goal should be for next year. And he said, he threw out, he said, I think we can hit 100 deals. He said, I think 100 should be the goal. And so, you know, we'd come to conferences. We'd see people on stage doing hundreds of transactions. And he'd say, yeah, yeah, Jeff, we're going to do 100. I don't know, Ryan. We did 42 you know, can't we just set the goal at 60 or 75 or, you know, something that's a little bit more realistic? I mean, I even had a coach telling me that, yeah, Jeff, 100 is just not, you're not going to go from 42 to 100 in one year. He said, no, we're going to do 100 deals. Let's write out a plan to make it happen. So we wrote out a plan to make it happen. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to appease this guy. I'm going to say we're going to do 100 deals, but I'm, I, in my mind, I'm going to be comfortable with 75. I'm still going to be a win. Like, Ryan, yeah, we're going for 100. Yeah, Jeff, are we going to get 100? Yeah, right? I'm still doing the rah-rah with them. But in my mind, deep down, I knew that I'd be cool with 75. Until one Tuesday afternoon, I was walking out of the office. Now, by the way, Ryan was a roommate of mine. So he rented a, a bedroom from me in my house. And one Tuesday, so he had access to a lot of my personal things, including my wallet, my driver's license. And so one Tuesday afternoon, I'm walking out of the office to go on appointment, and I notice that I have a new license plate on my car. And that license plate says 100 in 08. <laughs> he got my driver's license and got on the Secretary of State website or the DMV website and had my license plate changed from just a generic website or generic license plate to 100 in 08. And so here I am, embarrassed as heck, driving around town with a car that says 108 because I didn't have the energy to change it back. And he told every single agent in town, every single agent in our office, including who was the number one agent in our town at the time, we're going to beat you this year. Jeff's going to do 100 deals. And if he does 100 deals, we're, we're coming for it. Ryan. I mean, we would go out of town and we'd see some of his agents out and say, oh, Jeff, we're going to beat you guys this year. Yeah, Jeff, tell them we're going to do 100 deals, right? No, no. By the way, in 2008, that was my first year selling over 100 homes. We sold 102 homes between the two of us. Yeah. And that was before there was any large team. I mean, literally, it was just him and I. I was going on the appointments, and he would stay back and prospect, and we'd prospect together. We'd do call nights. It was a lot of fun. But if you don't share them with others, the likelihood of them actually happening are slim. 
which is why people hire coaches. They share them with their coach. Their coach holds them accountable. I wrote down number three of the seven parts of the Glover U goal-setting system. Identify challenges and solutions in advance. Identify challenges and solutions in advance. Meaning, predict what could come up. Think about what could get in your way that could throw you off track. Obstacles that you've experienced before. Step four in the setting system, set deadlines with everything. Set deadlines. The biggest mistake we make is that we write down what we want, but we don't put a deadline on it. Why do we do that? Well, because it's less accountability. Okay, I can do one or two parts of your system here, Jeff. I can write down what I want, but I don't want to put a deadline on it. Well, why would we put a deadline on it? Because it's going to increase our energy and enthusiasm of going after it. No deadline, no energy and enthusiasm. We set a deadline, our intensity goes up. No deadline, no intensity. Number five, prioritize them. Prioritize them, meaning put your action items in logical order. What is the first step? What do you need to do after that? After you accomplish that, then what happens? Prioritize them. Number six, visualize them. Visualize them. You do this with a vision board. The affirmation process. I'll never forget, I was in 2005, I was managing a, a brokerage for Cobalt Banker, and I was probably making $50,000, $60,000 a year on salary. But I knew where I was going, I knew what I wanted, I, I had the goal in sight. And so there was an opportunity to buy a condo at a development in downtown Detroit called the Weston Book Cadillac. And so in 2005, I went down there and it sold out within hours. You know, this is when Detroit was kind of turning around and everybody was like, yeah, Detroit's the new black or whatever. So I went down there and I wrote a deposit check for $24,000. By the way, I had maybe less than 50, 40,000 in the bank. So half my bank account went down as a deposit on this condo. And this is a $350,000 condo. I already live in a $350,000 home. You know, well, you're probably saying, well, how are you gonna do that on 50, 60,000 a year? Well, back then, every, anybody got a mortgage, right? Oh yeah, I'm gonna make this, okay, you're approved. So guess what? I made this deposit without knowing where the money was going to come from. But I also knew it was gonna take them two years to build it. So a picture of this development stared me in the face every single day that reminded me, Jeff, you're gonna to have to close on this bad boy in two years. You're gonna to have to come up with the rest of the money, right? Your deposit is sitting out there. Half of my bank account went towards that. You're gonna to have to figure this out. It's amazing what happens when you stare things in the face every single day. It doesn't just fall in your lap, but you take the extra action steps, right? You write the better business plan. You stick to your business plan. You come in earlier, you stay later, you make that extra call. Because it was staring me in the face every day because if I didn't close on it, then I'd feel like a loser. And of course, I would lose my deposit. So sometimes we have to write a check for things that we can't afford to force us to increase our accountability, our intensity, to get to that level. When is the last time you did that? Finally, number seven, be persistent. Be persistent. We can't quit just because we had a bad day. You can't let a bad day turn into a bad week or a bad month. Be consistent. Step two in the Glover U system. So that was step one, 
Step two, ready? So goal setting is step one. Business planning is step two. Business planning, two different things. You can't put a business plan together if we don't know the goals first. A lot of agents make the mistake of putting a business plan together. Oh yeah, I'm gonna sell this many homes, I'm gonna make this many contacts, I'm gonna generate this many leads, and my response is always gonna be, but why? Well, what do you mean, why? Well, what are you doing it for? I mean, to make an income, to make a living? Well, what kind of living do you wanna have? Well, I'm pretty content with what I have right now, so then why are you gonna follow a plan? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you're not clear on why you want to increase, then what value does the plan have? So we have to start with identifying what it is we want first, then the business plan follows. Now, here's the good news. Most of you have been through some form of business planning session of mine. It's easy to Google. If you haven't, you can just Google Jeff Glover business plan. It's out there. We update it again every single year. All right, so if you want my actual plan, the same plan that I personally use, the same plan our agents use, it's free, it's out there, just Google Jeff Glover business plan at a later date, you'll find it. I do wanna make sure that you are taking into consideration there are a few important parts to the plan in 2021, and I do wanna share those with you. Number one, everyone's business plan this year should have a plan of action to add people to the funnel. A plan of action to add people to the funnel. Our job in 2021 and beyond, and it's gonna become more important this year and more important next year, our job is twofold, okay? Imagine, we're all walking around with this big funnel in front of us. We have two jobs, 2021 and beyond. Put people into the funnel, A. B, take care of them once they're there. Most agents are good at one or the other. Not many agents are good at both. The agent that masters both is gonna win in this next market. If you can master adding people to your database daily, creating relationships daily, and taking care of them once they're in there, you're gonna increase your business, you're gonna increase your profitability. I'm a walking, talking example of it. Four years ago, we barely had a database. I added no value to my database. Less than, you know, we had a, our team did 1,013 transactions four years ago. Less than 100 of them came from our database. 900 plus transactions came from prospecting, came from marketing, came from buying leads. Less than 100 came from the database. We made a decision four or five years ago that we were gonna focus on database, we're gonna focus on building it, adding to it, and adding value to it. Now by the way, if you're in the Glover U Inner Circle Facebook group, which most of you probably are by now, we shared that content for free during COVID, during that three-day summit we did last year in Orlando. And we talked about building a massive database, and adding value to it for all three days. So just, it's in there. If you want it, go watch those videos anytime if you're interested in doing that. The next thing that's part of your business plan, 2021 and beyond, is, so we had plan of action to add people to the database, number one. Number two is plan of action to add value to them, which you might have just written that one down. Plan of action to add value to them. Meaning, if I ask you, what are you gonna do for your database in 2021 to get them to remember you, to get, you to refer, to get them to refer you? You can say, I'm gonna do this in, in January, I'm gonna do this in February, I'm gonna do this in March, I'm gonna do this in April, I'm gonna do, you have your plan all dialed in. Next important part of the business plan is your source to double down on. What source are you doubling down on? What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is taking your source that either has the highest ROI, all of us have a source of business that we get a great return from. All of us have a source of business that we enjoy. 
my recommendation is you take one source, just one. Stop trying to sprinkle in other sources. Grab one source that provides you a good ROI or, there's a little caveat here, a source that is trending in the direction of providing you a good ROI. What I mean by that is if you just, you know, if you just started working for sell-by owners and expireds, courtesy of Vulcan 7 or Land Voice or any one of those companies out there. By the way, we use both of them. That's why they're there. Some people say, hey, why do you have them here? And they do the same thing. They don't. Okay, we use both services. But if you make the decision that you're working for sell-by owners and expireds and you just started using them this past summer and you're getting good results, but it wasn't your number one source of business last year, that, but it's trending in that direction. You can double down on that source, but just pick one. Well, Jeff, what do you mean by double down? There's three parts to doubling down. What I mean by doubling down is you're doubling down on your resources, which, by the way, could mean your spend, but if it's your most profitable, probably makes sense. You could be doubling down on your effort, which means time, right? You, you, you know, I'll use open houses as an example. You did 24 open houses last year. You had 12 sales from them. I'd say that's a pretty good return on your time. Factor the average commission based on the time spent in an open house, 12, 12 sales out of 24 open houses. What if you did 48 open houses? In theory, could you have 24 sales? I guess I probably could, but there's only 52 weeks in a year. Where am I gonna find 48, time to do 48 open houses? Well, you just heard Brad. He did four every weekend. Well, how do you do four every weekend? My weekend only has a Saturday and, a, and Sunday, and Sundays I brunch and Wednesdays I sleep in. Well, then you're going to keep losing to agents like Brad. Because I could do four open houses. You do two on Saturday and two on Sunday, right? Or just do two on Saturday. So what is your source that you're going to double down on in 2021? Oh, the, thir the third part of that piece, by the way, was skill. So it's resources, effort, and skill. Doubling down on my skill. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means you're hiring a coach. That means you're finding a role play partner. That means you're getting an accountability partner. You're learning a new skill. You're learning a new technology. You're learning a new marketing. You're doubling down on your efforts. Or I'm sorry, your, your, either your efforts, your resources, or your skill in one profitable area, an area that gives you the best ROI. Make sure those are part of your business plan moving forward. Again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on business plan. If you want our stuff, it's out there. Just Google it. Step three in the Glover Youth Sales and Business System. Step three in the Sales and Business System, and I'm glad I'm getting this out of the way on day one. We probably should have moved this to day three because some of you might not come back tomorrow after we talk about this one. Anybody tell me which one I'm about to talk about? Time management, time management, that's right, yep. Congratulations, you signed up for a three-day amazing summit down in Orlando, Florida. I tricked you all in getting here, and now we're gonna talk about time management the rest of the trip. No, I'm kidding, just for a few minutes. So a couple things on time management, and, and listen, I know what you're saying. Time management, really, that's so elementary, Jeff. When are we gonna talk about leads and technology and all this other stuff? None of that matters until you master this. None of that matters until you master yourself and what you do. By the way, the most important thing you can do when it comes to time management, without question, I'm going to give you two or three, four or five notes, whatever, but without question, if there's one thing you do moving forward, take my advice on this, please. Make sure each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday through Friday, I'm not even asking for Saturday, Sunday, make sure that on Monday through Friday, what you do from the time you wake up until lunchtime, so we'll say from the time you get up until noon, make sure that what you do each morning is the same things at the same times. 
You want to see a consistent increase in your business year over year? Master what you do from the time you wake up until lunchtime. And here's a simple rule of thumb. This is, I've lived by this for years. I still live by this today in my personal production. If it can't happen at the same time every single day, Monday through Friday, it does not go in my morning routine. If it can't happen at the same time every morning, Monday through Friday, it does not go in my schedule. Well, Jeff, what about closings? Can you do a closing every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 9 a.m.? Well, maybe you could, but the reality is probably not. Unless you're going to have an inspection every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 10 a.m. Does not go in my schedule. The only thing that goes in my morning routines are the things that I have control of and that are consistent. Because I know those will lead to consistent income, consistent business. So why do we talk so much about time management at Glover U or mastering our time? Well, there's really three reasons why we talk about it so much. Number one, because agents are independent contractors. There's no one to hold you accountable. There's no one to say, hey, you have to be here at this time, this day, and this time, or else. There's none of that. Okay, so we know we have to provide that. Number two, there's not enough accountability, right? Many of you aren't paying for someone. By the way, that's why most people sign up for coaching. That's why I did. I needed to pay someone. And by the way, it doesn't have to be coaching. It can be someone in your office. Hey, every time I don't show up at this time, you get, you get this amount or you get that. Many of you have heard my, I call it the Frank Felt story. During that year that I did 100 deals, there was my coach had said, Jeff, getting into the office at 8.30, 8.45 is not going to cut it. I need you in at 7.30 every single morning. Okay, um, that's a, a big chunk of time getting, getting, you know, where I have to now get up earlier. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm in my young 20s. I'm going out at night. Jeff, you got to be there by 7.30. Okay. He said, so here's what I suggest you do. Find someone in the office to have an accountability partner with. And what I want you to do, Jeff, is I want you to write that person five $100 checks. Okay, this is at the end of 07. This was going into the 08 year. I want you to write that person five. If you're going to do 100 deals, since it's on your license plate, if you're going to do 100 deals, you're going to have to have an increased level of accountability. So find someone in your office to make this sort of deal with. So I found a gentleman. His name was Frank Felt. He was an early prospecting agent. I really, you know, I role played with him and so forth. I said, Frank, my coach is making me do this, and if you do this in return with me, I think this could be a profitable thing for both of us. I'm going to write you five $100 checks, and every time I'm not in the office by 7.30, you have my permission to cash one of those checks. Now, in exchange, you're going to do the same. Would you be open to that level of accountability? Why, sure, Jeff, no problem. I'd be, I'd be willing to hold you accountable. You know, so I have to write you five checks? Yep, you have to write me five checks. I'm going to write you five checks. So that year, I mean, I can remember times where I was rolling into the office on two wheels in the middle of winter, my car almost spinning out. I'm barefoot, by the way, because I ran out of my house without my shoes on, and I got my toothpaste and my toothbrush and my shoes and my socks in one hand, and I'm getting out of the car, running through snow to the back door of the office, and you had to do a punch code, and he's just standing back there looking at his watch, and I'm trying to punch in the code to get in the office by 7.30, because 7.31 is late. And by the way, I hit 731 at least five times. Frank cashed all five of my checks that year, but I still sold 100 homes. Now, if I can give you a recommendation, if you're going to do this with somebody else in the office or somebody in this room, if you want that extra level of accountability, make sure it's someone who also struggles with getting into the office early. (laughs) 
so you can make some of your money back. <laughs> what I didn't realize with Frank is the reason why I made this deal with him is he's the first person I see every morning I come in. I didn't know until later that he was in every morning at 645. <laughs> so 730 was like a breeze for him, right? I mean, he's already on like his third or fourth coffee by then. Time management. I want to share with you what my schedule was for those first, when I say those first, probably first nine or ten years of high, high, high production. I mean, I got up to 222, 223 units myself personally. And quite frankly, and that, that's no team, that, that's me and an assistant, right? Um, I would be doing that today if I wasn't doing this, but my passion for, for developing others and pouring into others is greater than my passion for selling real estate. You understand, I only sell real estate today to be credible up here, okay? Anyone can qualify to be a coach today. Anyone can put coach on their business card. Anyone can put coach in the signature of their email. No one is selling as many homes as I am as a coach. And I will continue to maintain that so that way it makes sense for you guys to continue to come and learn. That's my promise to you. I'll continue to list and sell real estate so I know exactly what you're going through and exactly what you're dealing with. No, no, no. I have to. If I don't do that, you'll go find somebody else. If I don't do that, you'll be tricked into following someone else that has coach on their business card. And so I have to stay at a high level of production. When it comes to time, I was fanatical. Okay, so this was my schedule for a solid 10, 11 years, 9, 10 years, somewhere in there. I'm going to share it with you now. This is the exact same schedule. I never dropped below 100 units, by the way. This is the exact same schedule that I used to sell 100 homes a year, 10 years in a row. And by the way, again, if I wasn't doing this, this would still be my schedule. I mean, it still is. I mean, I was following up with a lead backstage. To some degree, I'm still following a similar schedule. So turn to a clean sheet of paper or draw a line. If you've got room on your page, we're still talking time management. I want to share with you what my schedule was during those years. By the way, I wasn't this crazy hashtag 5 a.m. club kind of guy. I was up and at him at 6 a.m. Wake and get ready. Okay, I'm just going to share with you my morning schedule. This was consistent. Now, there was days where I, I had flake days. I mean, I'm human. Those things happen. But I would say I followed the schedule probably 75, 80% of the time. So I'm up and at him at 6 a.m., which actually is not crazy early. But remind you, you know, I was in my 20s during this, these years, so I was still going out and doing the, you know, 20s thing. At 6.30, by the way, so wake and get ready. At 6.30, I am um, um, quick workout, so like a quick 20-minute, um, you know, just break a sweat. When I say wake and get ready, I'm not talking about showering yet, okay? When I say wake and get, like, wake up, alarm goes off, you know, get up, get dressed, put my workout clothes on. A quick 20 or 30 minute jog around the neighborhood. Right now it's a Peloton. And by the way, I'm out the door and when I'm done with this 20 minute, it's really just 20 minutes, break a sweat. That's it, just get the heartbeat pumping, break a sweat. And by 7 a.m., um, I'm you know, in the shower, in the shower, and I'm out the door by 7.30, out the door until I had that deal with Frank, okay? And then I had Frank deal. By the way, when I, had that, when I implemented the deal with Frank, okay, this number had to go to 5.30 in order to have time to shower. So I'm out the door, and by the way, on an accountability call with somebody that I had met at a conference like this. 
All right, I have a lot of role play partners and accountability calls through the years. In fact, several of them are here in Orlando. Um, Mark George, Ken Posick, these are different people that I've role played with through the years. So I'm in the office prepping. I only live 15 minutes from the office, so 7.45 prep for calls. And then by 8 o'clock, I'm calling expireds. By 9 a.m., I'm calling for sale by owners. By 10 a.m., I'm taking a mindset break slash role play call. That means I'm role playing with someone in some other part of the country. The same objections that I had just received, the same conversations that I just had, same objections that somebody gave me on these calls for sale by owners and expired calls, that's happening at 10 o'clock every day. By the way, in our team at JGA back in Detroit, if you're an agent on our team, we have a 7.30 a.m. accountability call. That's where it started. By the way, if you're an agent on our team, we have 10 a.m. meetings three days a week. Many of those are skill building, script practicing type meetings. By 10.30, I'm doing lead follow-up. Lead follow-up and returning missed calls. And return missed calls. I am not getting into servicing. There's a difference between servicing and acknowledging. Okay, you can acknowledge when things happen. Everyone says, well, what if there's a problem with the transaction? What if there's an issue with your deal? What do you do? I acknowledge it and I tell them I'll get to them this afternoon. I do not get into servicing mode. The morning is designed for client generation. The afternoon is designed for client servicing. Client generation, client servicing. Client generation, client servicing. So at 10.30, I'm calling all of my missed calls. I'm not listening to voicemail. Well, why are you just doing that? Well, because, by the way, hot leads don't usually leave voicemails. I don't want to miss a single lead, so I just go through my missed calls. And if I happen to call an agent back that says, oh, good, I'm glad you called. We got an issue with this deal. Hey, I'll jump right on it. You'll hear from me this afternoon. And I'm jumping on it that afternoon. I'm not doing it right there on the spot. Because every day I give up on this morning routine is a day that I'm sacrificing my income 90 days from now. Every day I give up, give up on what I'm supposed to do in the morning is a day that I'm saying bye-bye to a commission check 90 days from now. Well, why is that? Well, because what we do here provides our income 60, 90 days from now. And if I give up on this, then that income's not going to be there. But yeah, you have to service the client. We have to provide great service. Jeff, you talked about all morning about the great experience. Okay, cool. Guess when that happens? Noon, I shift to client servicing and, of course, lunch. I can start servicing at noon. I'm still giving great service every day. It's just not happening until noon. I cannot veer from this. If I veer from this, I'm sacrificing a commission check 90 days from now. Do you ever wonder why there's so many agents that have, right, Good month, bad month. Good month, bad month. Good month, bad month. Good month, bad month. That is because they have an inconsistent schedule. They have consistent skills, right? They've got a great personality. They ask the right questions. They talk to the right people. But they're not following a consistent schedule, which will lead to a consistent increase in business every single year. Every single year when an agent tells me they want to go from 50 homes sold to 100 homes sold, the, fir the first thing I do is ask them, what are you going to do with the money? Because if you can't tell me what you're going to do with the money, it's not going to happen. And then once they can tell me what they're going to do with the money, I say, okay, now show me your morning routine. 
You can't possibly sell more homes with the same morning routine. It doesn't work that way. You have to increase your intensity, increase your enthusiasm, increase your, 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 your time spent in lead generation, your time spent in lead follow-up. So a big part of the Glover U sales and business system is that portion. Step four, we're going to finish with this one before we get to our breakouts. Step four in the Glover U sales and business system, developing strong sales skills. Developing strong sales skills. You've heard me say that a few times now. You can't just go out and wing it. You can't just master a technology and then not know what to say. But what do you mean, Jeff? I, I know what to say. I, I know how to sell, list and sell homes. Well, how's your script working out for you? How many homes are you selling? You want to sell more? What, what new skills are you going to add? What new scripts are you going to master? You want to sell more than your competitors, you're going on the same appointment, you're going to have to be more skilled than them. Remember, people make decisions on who they're hiring based on how you make them feel. Well, how do I make them feel a certain way? Based on what you say. What you say is a script, and we have them. You have access to them. They're free. They're out there. Right? If you text the word scripts to 55444, they're yours if you don't already have them. That was 55444. Just text the word scripts like you'd be texting a friend. If you don't master the sales skill, then you're going to end up like this guy. We got an example, I believe. Hi there. This is Mike Donnelly. I work over here at the Recreational Center. To be honest with you, I pretty much run the place. <laughs> is this uh, Pat Giles? Good, good. Hey, I hope everything's going great in your fine town of uh, Avery, Atwood. <laughs> See, the reason I'm calling is I wanted to tell you a little bit about the candidacy of Al Donnelly. Al Donnelly's a guy with a dream. His dream is to become governor of this great state of Washington. Hell, every guy's got his dream, am I right? Between you, me, and the wall, I had a doozy myself last night. <laughs> Get this. A corn-fed harvest mouse, a hooker, a nun, a Flemish peasant woman, whips chains, Whistles, yo-yos, a circus midget, my grandmother riding by on a bicycle, give me the finger, and a duck. Now, I don't know. <laughs> Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? No, <laughs> don't hang up, please. I... Whoa. <laughs> All right, don't end up like that guy. So let's talk about three important rules of selling. Write these down, please. Rule number one, ask great questions. Selling isn't telling, it's asking questions. Everybody wants to talk features and benefits. Oh, have you heard of this? Let me tell you how it's going to benefit you. Have you heard of this? Let me tell you how it's going to benefit you. Why not have you seen this? And have you thought about, have you considered how this could benefit you? Question-based selling. Rule number one, ask great question. Rule number two, listen to their answers. Listen to their answers. Listen twice as much as we talk. That's why we have two ears and one mouth. The biggest mistake we make as salespeople is we show up to appointments, we talk nonstop. In a good presentation, I've said for years, and I've practiced this, the person that does the most talking loses. The salesperson does the least amount of talking, asks the most questions. 
The person that does all the talking feels good about themselves. Don't you believe that when you're doing a lot of talking with someone and you're getting to hear yourself talking, getting to share your ideas, you feel pretty good. Well, your buyers and sellers feel the same way. When you get them to share about themselves, when you get them to share what their goals are, where they're moving to, why they want to be there, and what their timeline is, when you keep them talking and you asking and listening, you're building rapport faster than going out and just presenting something on a piece of paper. Number three, three important rules of selling. Number one is ask great questions. Number two is listen to their answers. By the way, the questions are all in the scripts. Number three is ask a deeper question based on their answer. Number one mistake that salespeople make is they surface listen, right? They listen with the intention of just getting through the script quickly. Instead, I want you to go three deep on every question you ask. So let's just say a simple example of this, okay? I don't care what script you use. Somewhere out there you have a script that says, where are you moving? Okay? Now, somewhere on the next question, it probably says, how soon would you like to be there? Before you go to how soon would you like to be there, I want to know what takes you there? Who do you know there? How did you arrive at that? Every single question on the script, you have an opportunity to go one, two, three, deep. That is selling. Asking a question and going deeper on their answer. Not going to the next question on the script. That's what everyone else is doing. The best of the best salespeople in the land are masters of asking great questions and finding deeper questions within each question on the script. Now, of course, you might say, okay, well, where, where do we, how do we get good at this? Well, let me give you six key rules of role-playing. These are the role-playing rules that we follow. Because, by the way, role-playing is how you master your skills. Well, where do I find role-play partners? Look around. They're all here. You're going to find them tonight at Havana Nights. Hey, could you use a little extra accountability in this area? Yes, I could. I want to get better at those for sale by owners. I want to get bad at those, better at those absentee owners. I want to master my listing presentation. Find a role play partner. And by the way, once you find a role play partner, I want you to follow these six rules of role playing. Ready? Rule number one. Show up on time for your role play appointment. I know it sounds basic, but it doesn't happen. I don't know if Mark George is in the room, but he was an accountability and role play partner of mine. And I was notoriously late to my role play partner. I'm surprised he didn't fire me because I was notoriously late. Show up on time to your role play appointment. Number two, eliminate all the small, comma, negative or complaining talk. Eliminate all the small talk, negative talk, or complaining talk. It's natural. We're talking to another producer in another area of the country. Oh, I had this happen on my deal. Can you believe that? A seller did this. Or can you believe that listing agent did this? What a knucklehead. Why? No, you go right into the script. They call, you say hello, and they say, hi, my name is Bob with ABC Real Estate Company, and I'm calling about your home for sale. Go right into the script. No chit-chat. Just do it. Go right into it. Number three, rules of on the rules of role-playing, stay on the scripts. Stick to them. You can ask questions within them, but stick to the actual script as it's written. 
I don't care once you get out there in the field or once you get on the phone with a live one. If you want to modify it or add your little flair to it, fine. But when you're role-playing, you run the play, right? There's a reason why football teams practice the same play over and over and over again. You realize that if all 11 guys did what they're supposed to do on every single play, they'd score a touchdown on every play. But the reality is, is somewhere there's a chink in the chain. Someone took that play off. Somebody was only operating at 80%, and this guy was only operating at 60 while this guy was operating 110%. Practice like a football team. Run the play, right? If you think of football practice, if you ever had a chance to watch football practice, okay, they run a play, the whistle blows, run it again. Whistle blow, they run the play, whistle blows, run it again. They play, the play's dead, run it again, run it again, run it again. Run the play as written. That repetition causes it to stick in here, which then causes it to come out of here. Run the same play over and over to become a master. Number four, make the role play as real as possible. Make the role play as real as possible. Make the role play as real as possible. Choose real objections, things that consumers say today, Right? Think about things that are happening in your market today. Use real objections that you're receiving. Number five, be brutally honest with each other. Be brutally honest with each other. At the end of the call, hey, Jeff, you did a really good job with your energy and enthusiasm, but you did all the talking. What's up with that? You're supposed to ask questions. Ah, man, I got off script. Sorry, sorry, Mark, I was driving this morning. You're not supposed to be on the phone driving and, and doing this while you're driving. Wait a minute, why can't I role play while I'm driving? Are you prospecting while you're driving? Are you sitting down at your desk and and making your calls one after another, after another, after another while you're driving? No. So you practice in the office. And finally, number six, and this is probably the toughest one under the rules of role playing, we have to eliminate our ego in this process. We have to eliminate our ego in this process. Because the ego tells us, Jeff, you've been doing this long enough. Come on. You know what you're doing. You can always be better. I promise you. Well, watch. In your market, think of your town in your market. Is there someone in your market listing and selling more real estate than you? Say yes. Yes. Well, maybe the exception of Laura. I mean, she owns her town. She forgot to tell you that she's also the mayor. She's... Also the supervisor, she's... Somebody in our town is smarter than us, faster than us, more skilled than us. So don't think that you got this thing, whole thing figured out. By the way, I was smacked in the face plenty of times through the years. Plenty of times, coaches said, Jeff, you still need a role play, dude. You're not as good as you think you are. And every time I thought I was pretty good, they'd introduce me to somebody that was selling more homes than me. And then they'd say, you need to role play with this person. All right, let's do it. And then I'd role play with them. Holy smokes, they're good. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. 
Search for Live Unreal with Clever You on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.